Michael Gevin here with Jumpstart Sessions. So I'm super excited to bring you these one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching sessions. These are kind of behind the scenes and coaching videographers and filmmakers. And if you'd like to kind of cherry pick what you'd like to even listen to on each episode, you can go to jumpstartsessions.net. And on there, you'll be able to find the show notes for each and every single episode. There's also an assessment that I have each person take that I coach. You'll be able to see their results on the show notes page for each episode. You'll also be able to take the assessment yourself so you can kind of compare results. If you yourself would like to be coached on a Jumpstart session, you'll also just go to jumpstartsessions.net and it'll say, get coached on the podcast. You fill out a questionnaire and as of right now, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. And so ultimately, that's all I've got for now. I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's rock and roll. Okay, I'm all set. <laughs> awesome, my man. Well, Tracen, uh, this is this is real easy to get going. We're just gonna have a conversation here, and uh, up front, just want to know a little bit about yourself. What you got going on? What you've been doing? Just kind of give me the background, a little bit about your business, and and where you're at in the journey of this, and uh, we'll go from there. Sweet, yeah. So uh, I'm Tracen. I live out near Provo, Utah, south of Salt Lake City. Okay. Um, I've actually met with Parker a couple times and Jake on some job shadows. That's been a lot oh, of fun. Fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it seems like if you're in Utah, you definitely have a greater chance of doing this. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, uh, I work full time in mortgages for a credit union. Okay. I'm still doing that. Um, I, and I've been shooting on the side since the spring. I've been, I bought my camera, uh, around last Thanksgiving time and, uh, I've started taking on some projects and, and really tried to get more into it this spring. Okay. I uh, a coworker's wedding. That was kind of my first official <laughs> video. Okay. Got it. Um, and I, yeah, I've, we've got a big car dealership out here in Utah. Uh, my brother-in-law actually works for them. So he had, has got me set up uh, doing some car shoots with them. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, just taking on little side gigs here and there. Okay. Um, uh, I did buy, as far as the business side, I bought a URL, uh, okay. but haven't set up the site yet. Okay. So that's one so thing. You're, yeah, you're really in the, I mean, super preliminary. You just, you got the camera, you're learning the gear, you're getting things going, you're doing a few little side projects on the, on, on the side and uh, yeah. just trying to see, I mean, do you have any, um, like that first wedding, how'd that go for you? You like it? You want to do more it was of good. it? good. Yeah, I've actually done three now. Okay. Um, got a couple more pending waiting to hear back. <laughs> okay. But yeah, um, they were really fun. It was, I liked it a lot. Um, okay. Yeah, so I got a few under my belt. Because <laughs> that's something that we'll want to, you know, it, it's fun because everybody, you know, I'm interacting with, you know, we're all, all at different levels. And, you know, my big thing is to help guide a person in a direction that's most aligned with them, you know, cause I think that there's plenty of people telling people what they should do, what they should want, how much money they should make and what kind of business yeah. they should build. And when you're, I just told a, a gal that I just did a call with, um, there was somebody local that was going to help her with some things and, uh, like a business type of person. And I, and, and they're not in video or anything. And so that, that can be helpful. But one thing to just keep in mind is does she, resonate if the things that person is saying is resonating then that's good that's fine what i find is sometimes is we might 
find a coach or a mentor or somebody to train us or help us or whatnot. And they're saying things to us that they just don't resonate. Like we're sitting here going, yeah, that doesn't like they're telling you to do something and it doesn't feel right at all. And, and you, you, you don't want to tell that person no or not do it. And you think, well, they're successful or they're farther along, so they must know best. But I, I believe in, in, in somebody like yourself, you know, I, I don't, the assessments I use is, is a guiding tool of kind of knowing a little bit. I mean, it's not something to box anybody in and I don't bring a lot about it on the call, but you know, I can see if someone tends to lean to the more intuitive side or be honestly like me, where they're more can be outgoing and connecting with people and be a, I mean, if you're in the mortgage business, this is definitely not a business that you hide behind and never interact with the soul. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's actually one reason why I, like filmmaking so much is uh, it's got a social side, which I love. I'm a very social person, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's also got the quiet time, you know, the editing and work from home side, which is awesome that I think a lot of us want just to run our own business out of our home. And yeah, you get that balance, right? There's, it's not, it's not an extreme in one or the other, but you lend to be more of like for me too. I mean, I, I, my preference is to deal with people and interact and connect, but I have to recharge. Like I cannot just, like even Mm -hmm. these calls, I love, 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 love doing these calls, but doing these calls eight hours a day, five days a week will mentally exhaust me. Like I have to get out and be alone and go on a bike ride, go on a walk and do those things. But I wouldn't, if I had to choose probably one or the other at times, I'd choose more (laughs) connection than I would total solitude and and not anybody. Whereas others, they're the opposite. They would prefer, like typically people who love editing prefer that to be in the 80 percentile. They'd rather be in solitude and doing things alone and, you know, small groups than they would be out and about connecting and and meeting people or shooting and and having to interact in that capacity. Right. So in that, go ahead. uh, Yeah. I was just going to say, I I get cooped up if I'm in the house too long, I like have to get out and stuff, but my wife is the reverse. You can, yep. That's usually, I mean, I've seen that. My buddy is a behavioral analyst and I've known him for like five years now. He's efficient at my wedding and, um, he says the exception is somebody marrying someone very similar to them. Typically most people are marrying their opposite. Um, And as I've, if I want to just play Russian roulette nine times out of 10, I'll be right. If I say, is your wife the opposite of you? And they'll be like, Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) So In that (laughs) vein though, you'll lean to more be that intuitive. And so the biggest thing as you're going about this and you start potentially getting advice and opinions and hearing things from other people, how old are you by the way? I'm 27. Okay. The last girl was 27. Wow. Okay. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy. So, nice. you know, about 25, 26, 27, I started to have kind of my in- intuition and gut feelings about things kind of squashed out of me. And I stopped trusting my kind of internal guidance system. And I found that it's a lot more accurate than I think we give it credit. And so just having that ability to find that resonance so that when things are resonating, you're moving in the right direction. You're probably going to take, like when people ask, do I want more weddings? Or, you know, they want more weddings. And I'll ask the question, do you really want to do weddings? Because if you're only doing it because you think, oh, well, it's the easiest way to make money in video, but I'd prefer to never have to shoot one. It doesn't mean you won't succeed at all. But like the last gal I talked to, that's the only thing she's doing. And she loves, love, loves doing them, which is why she's getting the momentum and success that she's getting. So with the stage you're at, 
you're kind of in an experimentation stage. Yeah, exactly. Try things out, you know? Yeah. And, and don't, um, don't worry. But as you're doing them, see what, what resonates. What do I like? If you have a project or type of thing that you're doing that you just don't like doing at all, you got to be careful because sometimes somebody sees that and goes, oh, I trace and I see what you did for such and such. Could you do that for me? And you're going, okay, yeah, yeah. I can do that. And then you start taking those things on. And before you know it, you actually build a business with clients and projects that you're not as excited about. And sure. You don't have your job that you might not want to do, but you've created <laughs> yeah. a job that's maybe worse than the job that you have. Yeah. Um, so just being cognizant of that, is there some questions and thoughts that you, you kind of have? Um, well, I, I did notice well, what, what you were saying. Sorry, I've just got to plug this in here. I think my keyboard is dying on me. Okay. But I, what you were saying about finding what resonates with you. Um, I did notice when I've done interview stuff, I don't, I don't like editing those. <laughs> I just find them boring. Um, and it's not as exciting and cinematic and you can make it that, but <laughs> I find it so boring cutting through audio and just someone's head and trying to cut something else in. But so I, I like the more, uh, not action, but like a wedding was fun. Uh, the car things were fun, uh, stuff like that. So what you've got to watch is, um, because I always I, I take an approach where there's kind of a personal and professional level sometimes to the things that we're going to be doing. So when it comes to um, having a business, doing video production, now there's lots of different avenues you can go down. And what I found in my career is a, a good portion of my career from 2005 through 2011, and it started to... to to change was that the majority of the things I did were very, I just called a music video. It doesn't matter what you're doing it for, but it's music yeah. and clips and, yeah. and you get great B roll, you find an awesome song, you stitch that puppy together. And, and, and again, way you're wired, it's no coincidence that that probably, cause that's exactly like me doing testimonials. Here's what I learned. I ended up through observing somebody else and different things, I got really good at doing the interviews and doing testimonials and acquiring the footage. Can't edit it. I mean, I could, but it's like mind numbing, pulling teeth and, you know, to take two hours of testimonials and weave it down to a two minute video is a nightmare for me. But other that people are really, really good at that. Um, and what I found was, is in, in the event, thought leader, speaker, conference, workshop world, when I went from just delivering basically a music video, just clips to music, sizzle reel, to putting together videos where they have the interviews, they have the testimonials, they have that, that story element through not just a music auditory, but the, the verbal auditory, um, I was able to double rates on things. I was able to charge two or $3,000 more because there starts to reach a cap. And actually, I mean, we had a client who for three years just did an on-site edit. So we do B-roll and show the edit at the end of their event. And they have such sophisticated systems in place. They actually had had another crew doing testimonials. We would give them our B-roll and then they just made other videos. So they were A-B testing, hmm. like split testing, our video with just music and clips against the video that had our music and, or had our clips, but had interviews uh, woven into it. And that video converted way better for them than the video that just had music and clips. And so yeah, we lucked out because at the time I got the client, I didn't and wasn't offering 
the other part because I didn't feel confident in it. Then I learned over time when they actually, the fourth year in, the crew that they had dropped and they lost them for whatever reason happened. And they came to me going, do you know anybody else? And I was like, well, as a coincidence, we happen to do that now. And it took a project from, I had gone up over those three years from like 37 or 3,800 to maybe 4,200. And it took it to almost a $10,000 project. I being able to add in filming tests. Because now we went from just a music, one music video to three sizzle videos with the testimonials woven into it and that just they they saw that as a lot more valuable and you think of a lot of businesses and i mean you can get away with the music videos i think big time in weddings uh there you could argue there's shifts where people are doing of course a lot more of adding the priest or adding reception sound bites and things in but I even had it where that was starting to happen. And I had even somebody within my team who was editing a little bit of the pre-stuff and things in. But I had done so much building my brand with just music videos that I literally had couples say, we don't want any sound bites. We don't want any of that stuff in there. We just want a music video. So I think in weddings, you can get away with it. But in mm-hmm. non-wedding world, like in commercial type projects, business promos, I mean, imagine going to the, the dentist website and all you see is just smiling shots and that's it and yeah. just music to it that that it's better than nothing for sure but when you start to get to hear the emotional story of one of the patients and how you know such and such doctor fixed their smile like my dad just had this thing done on the bottom of his teeth and he, he feels like a new man you know because and it was painless and so you start to hear that and you connect when i watch that to Oh my God, I have that same, like I have a fear that this is going to be a, a painful process and what's going to resonate and connect more with that auditory. But if that's not something you want to do, but something that almost could need to be done, that's where you can get support and help to fill that void. Because if you could take a $3,000 project and make it 6000 it's not going to cost you 3000 to get it edited it might cost you maybe 500 to $1,000 to get it edited. So now you can make, you know, 1500 to $2,500 more on that project. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. You know, so that's just something to kind of, I mean, you're going to have to grow and learn, you know, I mean, you're, you're <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, fresh on this. Uh, yeah. But that's just something to kind of keep in mind as you're, as you're going about things. And, and you can, you know, yeah, yeah so. I like that a lot. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't want to be wedding specific. Um, I like them, but I don't want to niche in that. Um, I like the corporate ideas uh, cause I feel like they'd have more of a marketing side and um, be willing to spend on a video production or, or, or testimonies, like you said, for, for dental procedures or something like that. Sounds yeah, I, it's interesting because um, yes, you would think that at times and it 100% is true. I'm a business that essentially is going to use that to grow their business. So they see a direct correlation to monetary gain by doing what you're obviously creating for them. Uh, but it yeah. still is who you're dealing with. I, I can give you an example of like an SEO company. So mm-hmm. imagine an SEO company that is a solo guy, quite frankly, like yourself right now, but he does SEO services, search engine optimization, and he charges $500 a month for a client. Now you take SEO company number two and they charge $5,000 a month for a client and they make $20 million a year. Whereas the other guy makes 80,000. 
even though you could be solving the same problem and making a similar video, one, the value of a single, it takes what, 10 customers for the one die to equal what one customer for one month is worth. So if that one customer, you get the, the big company, stays for a year, that, that one client's worth 60 grand, whereas the other client is not even worth basically six grand. Uh, so big difference. So the capacity for the $20 million company, SEO company at $5,000 a month has the capacity to, to value and spend far more for you to solve their problem of needing video than a company that does $80,000 a year. So that's the thing to keep in mind when you're dealing with people is if it's a small mom and pop shop, it doesn't mean you can't make videos for them. It doesn't mean it won't help them, but their capacity to spend $8,000 on that video may be unlikely unless it's some, you know, you know, few million dollar a year uh, business or even 500 to 500,000 to a million. But it, you know, again, somebody who's scraping by week to week, month to month to, to pay their bills and, and is, is, you know, doesn't have a huge business. They aren't necessarily, no matter how great of a salesperson you are, no matter how great your videos are, are going to be as likely to spend more. And now something I'd throw out at you, I mean, being in the business that you're in, knowing just enough about it, I mean, you probably have a lot of relationships, right? Yeah. I had those, the couple of weddings I have pending are from, uh, from that. people that I've known forever. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... One thing to keep in mind to get some more work going is really to tap into that network of people that you've already built relationships with and see who has businesses. Because the greatest thing to get you going is not evaluating whether or not you're making the right connections with people who are going to be able to spend $10,000 on a video. It's just simply doing the work. Because I believe as well to get the 10 or 20 or 30 or $50,000, it doesn't mean you can't accelerate your speed of learning and talent and quality in your work. But you're not going to go from a guy who, quite frankly, doesn't know, like, hasn't done hardly anything, and you're going to go from that to a $25,000 client. Because there's so much more to that client paying you twenty-five grand than just only your skill set. Like, there's, there's relational things, do you, the conversations you're going to have with them. But the more you're just doing some small, medium businesses or some videos for $1,500, $2,000, you're going to get your chops going. You're going to get your feet wet. You're going to learn. You're going to grow. And you're going to start to see things. And that is going to help you when you basically start to have conversations with people who might be able to pay a lot more. Um, but you can at least start on your own network and dig. I'm sure some of those people have businesses or they know people who have businesses. And if you start exploring those people and letting them know, like you just need one sample. That's the other thing. And if you already have a few things you're doing, relevance matters, I think, in a lot of ways. But um, you being able to share a few things about what you're doing with that network of people you have, now they'll start to associate tracing this video. Okay, if, if I know somebody that, d that does video, I'm going to give them to trace it because, you know, I've even had this with the coaching, you know, it, it, and I've had it with video, you know, the more clear you are about who you serve, how you serve them and how you help, the easier you are to refer. Um, and so right now there might not be anybody that really knows what you're doing. And so once you start bringing some awareness to some people that you're doing video and here's a few examples um, that can get things going. Cause it, you're, you're, I mean, the reality is what you're doing right now is a relationship business and what you're about to do with video and what you're currently trying to do with video is it's relationships. Um, you know, I, I think yeah. you take for granted, like you take Parker, for example, 
I mean, Parker's really in the e-commerce space, right? He's just selling in mass quantity. He doesn't have to, he doesn't hypothetically have to talk. He is through like a webinar and whatnot. But at the end of the day, he's never having to -to one-to-one communicate how we're communicating right now to, to sell that. So he's just bulk get as many people as I can on my offer. And now when he's doing advertising, he can target. And when he's doing his YouTube, he's targeting because of the niche topic he's talking about, but it's still all sorts of random people coming in. And then it's just, you know, people hitting a buy button. Whereas with your service, there's going to be some kind of communication. There's going to be a relationship. And so that's what you want to keep deepening and creating. And that is what will take you from, um, not having any work to hopefully having a full plate of things to, to do. So, yeah, I've also heard it um, going back to your corporate stuff. Like it's kind of, as far as tiers go, you, you work with this group of people, but maybe they know someone higher up, but like if you can do something for a higher up person, then you get in their circle yeah, that's it. and so on and so on. Yeah, that's exactly. You just, it's kind of like this cyclone. You're starting at the bottom and you just, work yeah. your way up and some people i mean you know you're already you decided to do video at 40 years old you're already well connected in whatever career you're at and you can excel that's why i was saying you there is levels of an ability to accelerate into something um but your proxy of your relationships your know-how your knowledge your talent like all those things but there's definitely people who already have the relationships their work's not that great and they sell a $20,000 video, you know, the third video in just simply because they're already in relationship with people who wouldn't think to spend otherwise, right? Like people who own $2 million homes, actually a better scenario is a guy way back a long time ago, I had a mentor. I never fully did this specific one, but he, you know, he just kind of gave the analogy of if I get my haircut at a place that's $10 a haircut, or I go to a place that's Honestly, I've seen, you know, I mean, they go whatever, but his example was $300, you know, and you go to a place at $300, like the people hanging out at the place that's spending $300, they value their haircut at $300. That's crazy. It's a different type of person, right? Now, I'm not saying it's like, hey, go have all your marketing go into getting a $300 haircut once a month and hopefully you meet somebody. But that's the kind of mentality, right? Like there's this level of people, there are actually people who value paying $300 to get their haircut once a month. But, but their, their value ladder and their ability to see things in a different light, they're the ones who are maybe spending, you know, when we go out to get food from the grocery store, maybe we spend 50 bucks and they go to the all organic of organics and they spend for the same meal 500 bucks. So that's how it happens with marketing and, and video and business and photography. It's just like you can do the same service, two different people. That's that whole SEO thing. And one just capacity to spend far more is, is there versus the other. It doesn't mean that your work gets exponentially better. Now you can charge more money. It's yeah. your, your know-how and your connections. So, Right. Um, I did have a question for you. Um, watching your jump starts uh, sessions on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, I was wondering if you'd share a little bit about uh, if you're at a venue or whatever doing this, mm-hmm. uh, a video and there's other vendors there. You you mentioned like you'll do cross videos like and hmm. they they you weren't there for them, but you send them products. I was wondering if you could expand on that a little bit. Sure, absolutely. So um, I probably have done things like that. Well, enough. Yeah, I've done it for all sorts of different things. So I've done it in the wedding industry, and I've done it typically in the in the event world that I am in, like the speaker and conference world. So in the mm-hmm. wedding world, 
you've got a florist, you've got a DJ, you've got the, the ceremony, you've got the reception, you've got the photographer, um, potentially a wedding planner. So there's a bunch of different people who are there and we go back to relationships. I just found that if I just go a little out of my way to film a little bit extra of some of these people and then throw together a simple music video, like you're talking about, nothing else fancy, yeah. and you, you put together a little 30 to 60 second little sizzle video of mainly that person or that, you know, whatever, the flowers of the, you know, the flowers for the florist, you know, maybe, maybe you're not actually getting to see the florist, but you're able to shoot a lot of extra B-roll of the flowers. And then maybe there's kind of an edit that's mainly geared around those flowers and now they can share on social. It's a goodwill thing. It's not a, I'm a hundred percent doing this so that I do this for you. What are you doing for me? But it's just a goodwill. So when I would film a lot of events that have speakers at it, and some of the events that I would do would have 10, 12, 20 speakers at it. And so when I was more in the hungry, I need work, I need to build relationships, I would shoot in a lot of extra B-roll of each speaker. And then I would go back and ones I wanted to deepen a relationship with, I would edit again, a 60 to 90 second little music video of that speaker. And then I just send it to him. And awesome. I'll tell you, it worked. And, and, and the thing we have to, the, the thing that's hard sometimes to, to realize is that we live in an instant world. And so we think, I made that video, are they going to work with me in a week? <laughs> you know, I know that logically that most would not necessarily assume that automatically but there still is this antsy pantsiness of like okay i did this for them how quick are we going to do some business together what are we going to do and yeah <laughs> boom 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 right but what i found is is that i literally know people that i can think of right now that i did this one specifically sticking out i shot him in 2012 actually i met him wow. local 2008 or 9 wasn't even doing uh -huh. anything where he could have hired me then we kind of just stayed in touch. Then he spoke at an event that I was at in 2012, did exactly what we're talking about. He paid me in total about six or $7,000 now. Wow. And I didn't get paid a dime from him until 2017. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so it's awesome, but if you don't plan on staying in a business for the long haul, it isn't sure. awesome because that's where I think a lot of people – they want, I was just talking to a buddy and it's this kind of short-term thinking, like, how do I make quick cash? How do I do this now? How do I, how do I make this happen now? And, and everything is like, what's the step-by-step -step so I can go from zero to this in three months? And I think that that's fine. You know, you're in a good situation because you currently do possess, from what I'm gathering, not a need a desire, a deep desire to be doing video, but not a necessity, like you haven't lost or quit your job where it's like, if I don't make money with video in the next 60 days, like I'm screwed. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and uh, so, go ahead. No, yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah, um, right now it's just on the side. So I'm like all the, all the money I make filming right now is just going towards like a new computer sure. for better editing, faster editing, because yeah. <laughs> then I can, you know, crank out more work well yeah i mean it's not it's not efficient. paying my bills yet so <laughs> yeah um so that's a good place to be in but what i find is is the longer you can stay in the game the easier the game gets and so not just from the talent the knowledge the expertise the relationships the connections but as you're planting all these quote-unquote seeds like you don't know when things are going to blossom or pop 
you know? And so if you're always, when people are always changing direction or doing something different, you know, um, I guarantee if I was still filming weddings, like there are people that would have seen me. Like, in fact, I know some right now that I, I'm thinking of who went with people that I've kind of trained because I'm just not doing it. But I've talked to them yeah. and on certain levels, they've, they're preferential. <laughs> they would be potentially for me to have done it. Like, but, but that was a personality connection thing. They would have, it's not that they didn't like the person they had to go with. It's not that they didn't do a job with the video. But they really, really liked me. And that's why we're again in this relationship kind of personality driven business. But yeah, you stay in the game for a long time. You're going to have things pop in a week. Like you could do that. And I've had somewhere in a few weeks, they're like, oh my gosh, thank you. I've got this event coming up it's going to be in two months and something happens. Whilst others, those, like I said, you just keep seeing them, you keep building a relationship and maybe they don't need you. I had, a, I had a gal, a guy actually, send me a message and he said, I got fired from my job, got hired at this other job. So excited because now we have a reason to hire you. I've been following you for years. The other company didn't need you. I, I really didn't have any reason to be able to hire you, but the company I'm with now use your services and oh, so nice. you don't know who's watching who's looking who you connect with and that's why i say right now you've probably got a number of people that would do something with you right now or know somebody uh if you just kind of start planting those seeds with people so sure sure yeah i can think of a few actually off the top of my head uh one i've reached out to in particular they do a food catering service um yeah so maybe i'll reach back out on that and um actually another full-time filmmaker friend of mine um it's actually josh sales i'll give him a shout out <laughs> he just posted a, a giveaway he's like 100 bucks if someone books me or whatever and like okay did a giveaway uh and he said he got like six seven bookings out of that uh just in a week and or there's something. all sorts of new ways and and that's the thing i mean you know i don't think that there's a right or wrong way if you see something like that it can and would you what was the giveaway did you said um it was he had a hundred bucks hundred dollar bill or something like that okay yeah. and, and what was the incentive so he was saying um, yeah i can't remember the exact post but he posted like giveaway uh, i'm gonna pick someone that so he was commenting like comment a friend that needs a video you know okay. is getting married or has a company or post a friend that could use video services and i'm gonna select someone hundred bucks okay okay Fantastic. I, I really like that idea. So. Well, perfect. If you could uh, try to find that and try to remember to send it to me, I have people who help oh, me sure. with episodes. We might try to link it up on like the show notes thing or something so people can see it. Okay. I, I, love, yeah. I love those kind of things because that's how it is, experimentation. Like I've seen people, the interesting thing is, right, this is what getting people forget is there's just, just not one size fits all. I think we look for silver bullets and I've met people who are very, 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 very successful. And I thought, I'll go to them and they'll have the answers. And what I found is, is that most don't because you can't replicate where they live, who they know, who they meet. Like there's so many things like that. So who's on that guy's friends list, who they connected him with. So it doesn't mean it won't work, but what people can get discouraged about is let's say his number was eight and he got eight, eight pieces of business out of that. And then you do the exact, you, you word it the same way. You make the same post, you do the same thing. And you're like, man, I got two comments and I barely got one job out of it. You know, that must not yeah. work. And <laughs> is, is it also could be the time of day you posted like so many <laughs> things. So there's that experimentation and also um, trying it a few times, seeing what happens, see what resonates because things like that can work great. And then other people, like I had one guy do a real estate thing that somebody I know did in Atlanta and they tried it where I am 
uh, near Missouri and it didn't work as well. Um, you know, and that's like with weddings, some weddings in certain States happen a certain way. You know, there's more Catholics and then other ones are like, I never have a, such and such a kind of wedding. So, you know, there's just those things. That's why I'm so big on the context and the nuance. So if you hear something like that, the biggest thing you can do is execute on it, right? Try it out. If you saw it work, it resonates, give it a go. Like, you, you know, you don't have a lot to lose. I hate to say this, but like, if nothing <laughs> happens, you don't have to give anybody the hundred bucks, right? Like if there's no, sure. no comments, there's nothing that really happens on it, then there's nothing to lose to throw it out there. Um, sure. And that's yeah. your, I mean, you're an experimental, uh, you know, guy. You, you, you know, you, you learn through experience more than likely, right? You, you like to. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And did you say you're in school? I want to bring that up for a second. Yeah, I'm actually, I was just talking to my wife about it. Uh, I might be taking a break on it just because work what are you and in mortgages. For? Uh, business management. Okay. Um, but mortgages get real busy in the summer. And I usually would do my school stuff online. It's online. Uh, so I do it at work in downtime. Um, but it's picked up so much there and I'm starting a new semester and then uh, filming stuff has kind of started to pick up, get a little bit of momentum, you know, getting some editing jobs, a uh, few gigs here and there. So it's kind of too, I feel like I'm doing three full-time things. What school almost. for though? What do you, you said business management, but what is your objective with the schooling? Yeah. So I actually started that before I got into filmmaking. Okay. Um, so I'm about halfway through right now. Um, but it was kind of a, just a safeguard because so I was just, I remember us sitting at work and before, again, before filmmaking and I was like, I am not doing anything. I don't feel like this job's going to take me, to, you know, where I want to be. And I was like, I need to be doing something. I got to do something rather than just day in, day out. So then I just applied online and I've been doing that halfway through now, like I said, but now this is picking up and I actually enjoy it. This is actually something I would do on my free time. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what you put in here, and that's that's when you know you found the the right thing. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm I'm opinionated on things for sure. I don't like to shove my opinion on other people, but I'm not very. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't go to college, but I also don't have a very high opinion of of like that kind of education. I believe in education. I believe in learning for sure. Yeah, I don't necessarily think very highly of. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's when uh -huh. I want to come out of the gate and be like, yes, I can most definitely probably help you more than your schooling's going to <laughs> like, I'm not very like brash yeah. with my, like, I'll be able to help someone more, but if I know they're in within the genre niche of video production and they're going to school for anything related to video business or not, or the learning of it, it's, it's, if you like the atmosphere and that kind of learning experience that can be one thing but you just said you're doing it online so you're not necessarily gaining yeah, relationships nope. by going to school it's just not taking up mental bandwidth it's unnecessary baggage because you wanted to stay yeah. busy now that you found a love that's what I, I talk about the clarity and the confidence and the, and the focus and the connection because when you're unclear it, it's it's like Actually, I think it was just Parker and he had a phenomenal analogy in a video I watched where he's like, you know, you go to Google Maps and one or the other, you know, either your current location or the destination. If you do not have both, you can't get anywhere. Like Google cannot tell you how to get somewhere if you don't know where you're at to start or where you want to end up. And so when yeah. people don't know 
sometimes where they are and they definitely don't know where they end up, then they just start doing random things and being busy. But it's kind of like me bobbing back and forth right now. I'm moving, not going anywhere, but I'm moving. And so school can be that I'm moving, I'm busy, I'm doing something, not really going anywhere. And so now you have some direction with video. Um, Yeah, exactly. it'll be exciting for you to continue to, once you more hone and hone that into the kind of work you like to create, the kind of clients you like to work with, you know, those kind of things, that's when some real magic will start, you know, happening for you. Yeah. And I kind of, when I was getting into video, I kind of told myself I had like three things. I was like, got the school work um, and filming and a family. We've got a three-year-old boy too. So super busy, but I told myself like, cause I started disliking the school and, and just feeling like I was just running on a treadmill pretty much. But I, I told myself I'd drop one of those three when the other two were taking off or something. But now work has gotten really busy. <laughs> I know filming's going somewhere. And so I'm like, all right, school, hit the guillotine. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> For sure. So that's agree. one way to put it. But <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a good but way the, to put it. Yeah. I know it's kind of tough though too because I've got like a couple thousand and – loans now on that and so that's kind of tough uh, but at least i'm not you know like some of the people are 70 grand and student loans debt or something i'm so grateful that's not me but yeah uh, and, and you got to realize i mean understand too the cost of business and doing business outside of what you're doing with school um i think the, the the crippling part i've experienced this i've seen this a lot in others is that you spend a lot of energy effort and time doing something and it may feel really bad if you either don't complete or you don't, yeah. um, you're like, wow, I've spent $20,000 here and I, I feel like I need to keep doing it just because I don't love it, yeah, but, you know, whatever. But, um, but that's just the thing you, you, you got to move on. Like you can't, mm-hmm. it's more crippling to keep doing something. You know, the thing I keep seeing that's popping up a lot. It's funny. I record some of these things in, in bulk. So my analogies are similar on, on certain things as I'm talking to people, but, <laughs> Um, it's all good. you know, competence, capability, and like passion or desire and having competence and capability, but lacking passion or desire. So a lot of times we can have a lot of competence and capabilities and be really good at something that we just don't love. Like we just don't love it. We don't have the desire to do it. And so what I find is your ability to willpower through that for the long haul is difficult because so you know how to do it. You're able to do it but you'd prefer if in the world you didn't have to, then you wouldn't. And so the long term, the longevity of that tug of war of like, I'd really rather not be doing this, but I, I, I have to is difficult. I see that a lot with editing and people who don't really love editing, but they don't, they think they can't afford to get help or mm, in your yeah. sense, maybe you prevent yourself from up leveling the videos a little bit because you're like, well, I'm only going to offer this because I don't want to edit these other things. And that's what I had done in my career but getting support and help, like I said, allowed me to up-level the quality of the video. It was easy for me to acquire it, but it wasn't easy for me to create it. But because I could charge more, like I said, it allowed me to get the support so that I could, you know, in my opinion, it, on certain levels, depending on what it was, it was a better video. Like I did enjoy watching a three-minute music video that had these powerful emotional sound bites and things in it. I just didn't like creating it. Um, you know, so like I said, being able to say get three or four or 5,000 more, but not increasing my 
my cost or my editing cost by that much or else it almost becomes a moot point, right? If you charge six grand and it costs you three grand in editing versus doing three grand without that extra effort, well, it's a double-edged sword or whether that's really a worthwhile thing to waste your time with. Sure. Um, what other thoughts you got running in, in, in your mind right um, now? Things that are kind of either... Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with those last comments. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will resonate with that too. Um, I had a question though about yours stuff. Uh, you did a lot of same day edits. Yeah. Um, that, that blows my mind. Like, I mean, I could do an edit in a few days if I'm going fast and stuff, but like, how, where did you find that point where you could do a quick edit, but feel the quality was still high enough to be. So it's, a, it's, it's an interesting thing. So the first one I ever did was for a wedding in 2006. And I, Even so like that's an eight hour day at least. Oh, it was, it was, in, well, yeah, it was insane, but I was very much, just, I had like a little piece of paper with Sharpies of like the shots I was going to put in it. I only captured, I mean, this was literally firewire cable capturing the tape in real time, you know, and stuff like that. I went back to my office with my computer and in between the ceremony reception and I put together, it's online. Um, I put together like a two minute video. And that was it. It was just two minutes. And I already kind of mapped out. It wasn't a lot of, honestly, creativity. I had the song pre-cut to two minutes. I had shots I knew I kind of wanted to get. And then over time, you know, I wasn't charging for a lot of them at the wedding. So what I was doing is, is surprising people. So sometimes, I mean, I'd show them at 1030 at night and there'd be 60 people left out of the 300 that were there or something. Um, and then by the time I became like super efficient and super confident, I mean, I was like four to six years into my career um, before, but I always was able to pretty much pull them off, but they, they varied in length of, of the time and length it took me to edit it. But normally, at like a wedding, if I sat down and started and wasn't distracted, the fastest one I ever did was an hour and 45 minutes. Now, when you're talking about quality, um, I was really happy with that edit. And what happened was, is it went from me being a person where they'd be like, well, wouldn't it be better if we had more than two hours? And uh, more, you had more than two hours to edit it. And uh, why would we want to show it that day? And in the early part of my career, I'm like, yep, that makes sense. I <laughs> would be better if I had more than two hours to edit it. <laughs> but after doing it so much and almost being like addicted to doing them, like I just enjoyed the, the rush. I enjoyed the reaction. I enjoyed all those things. And so finally I shifted and I still didn't understand it, but I said, my best video is made in those two to three hours. Like the work you've seen from me, there's same day edits and there's something I can't explain that there's just, I make a better video when I'm under pressure. Da, da. So other people, that's why I compare against them. Like other people might need a lot more time or weeks or whatever. But for me, my best video is going to be done in that shorter window of time. And I, because of how I'm wired, I didn't make a better video having infinite amount of time what it really did is made me procrastinate and not get anything done and oh the video definitely wasn't any better than if i had that condensed because we'll expand to the time given so right now you know looking at a few things here like the likelihood is you know you're you don't have the pressure of anything per se and the pain of your discomfort with your mortgage job is probably not like through the roof you might not love it but it's not like, oh my God, I got to get out of this thing tomorrow. And so you'll expand. If you give yourself, I want to get out of here in three years, I'd bet you, you'll probably take about two or three years to get out of it. But if you lost the job today 
you'd be calling all those people that you have and all those relationships and, and making sure, my God, I got I to gotta get some of these rolling and you'd condense that down. And so a lot of people, when they have an infinite amount of time to, to, to edit their wedding video that they didn't do as a same day edit, of course, depending on how much you love editing, right? This is the competence, capability, and desire. I see people procrastinate, including myself, in the area that they have competence, capability, but no desire. So if I hate editing, but I know how to do it, I'll go do everything else but that, that I have competence, capability, and desire until I'm forced to get it done. Like now I'm getting calls from the couple, I'm getting calls from their parents, they're irritated, I better just sit down for eight hours or five hours and just get through this. Because now what? I'm under pressure. But I used to have people where I had a corporate client that needed their video, like they came in way after my wedding couple, like the couple booked me a year in advance, I do their wedding, and then this corporate company comes in and literally I would get their stuff done before the wedding couple because if I don't get theirs done on September 22nd, they're never gonna hire me again. And in my mind, I rationale that the couple, oh, they can wait. There's no real deadline of when they need the video. I know I put it in the contract. It, it wasn't right. I'm not saying that I think that this is a smart business, but it's what psychologically I did. And I convinced myself and would convince them. And it was my charm or whatever that got me out of some squirrely situations. But like, yeah, we'll expand at the time given. So if there's no pressure, Okay. You might take way longer than really is necessary. So that makes sense. I guess I hadn't thought about it that way, but it jives. <laughs> um, speaking of editing, I've got a, a really good buddy. Actually, we've we've gone grown really close and have been working together a little bit here and there. Um, I'll give him a shout out too, Kenny Cubas. <laughs> Rock on, oh, yeah, man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you met Kenny. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he he's high on editing work. Uh, but doesn't have as much of his own portfolio. So what advice would you give to someone in those situations if they're kind of the reverse where they've, because it's not their full video. Oh, they right. Just so are you saying he loves editing no more? I'm saying, well, he, so he has an editing job. Um, so, but he can't take that stuff and say, here's my portfolio. Cause it's not fully his. Yeah. It's twofold. I mean, uh, I guess if people are blessed enough to work with me or some of the people I'm friends with, because we, we treat things a little different. So people like I have literally had some guys I've coached where I've given them footage. Now, oh, nice. what they decide to do if they they're deceitful and lying and they want to be a shooter and they want to get projects and they're positioning as here's something I did. Well, that's, deception, right? If I am composition myself as a company that you can hire, who's going to shoot and edit your project. And only thing I did on a project was edit it. Then that's, like I said, that's a little deceitful, a little deceptive. Um, but if I'm looking for editing jobs, then I don't have a problem with people taking things that they edited for me and sharing that with people and saying, here's, here's what I can edit you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I've okay. seen people, I had a guy right now who's one of my main editors who went from, and we've talked about this, so I'm not saying anything behind his back, but went from more or less horrible to excellent simply by being given the opportunity to actually have good footage. Like when he didn't have anything good, it's kind of hard to have something you're proud of to be like, Hey, look at what I'm capable of because you know, it's crappy, shaky, horrible shot footage. And that's all you have to work with. Now, a great editor might still be able to work a miracle out of that. But, um, once I gave him some really good footage, it was like, wow. And he accelerated very quick. But with me, I allow people to share the edits that I, that they did for me 
as if they want to be an editor, but not to position themselves as like, here's something I did as a project. You know, do you want to hire me? Because you probably can't pull off. If you're not a great shooter, you're not going to be able to pull off if you had excellent footage and then you edited it. And then now you position that as a project you would own, which that's, that's not right. Most people wouldn't let you do that. So um, gotcha. does that make sense? Does that answer the question? Yeah, or? yeah I think so. Um, probably just also going back to the free to fee thing, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Free yeah. to fees are great. I mean, okay, cool. Whoop, did I lose you? Oh, we're good. Oh, Had a little hiccup. For a second. Um, yeah, I mean, the free to fee, I mean, Parker ultimately coined that phrasing. I've been doing that for years. I just never called it free to fee, but it is, it is one of the most powerful ways to, <laughs> you know, no pun intended, but I guess pun intended maybe, but, you know, jumpstart your career, get things moving, get things going, you know, because a lot of times we're sitting here and we don't have anything to show people and, you know, we're trying to charge them. And because there's nothing to show, people don't trust you because you don't have a brand or a reputation, you have no portfolio. And so now it's difficult to get those first few jobs. You don't need a lot, but once you have a few things that kind of prove your capability, you most definitely can start charging. I mean, I did my first wedding actually for $500 and I never filmed the wedding in my life, but um, awesome. I still had skill sets where I knew I'd at least pull the thing off, um, you know, and so relative to what other people were charging, I was pretty inexpensive, so. Um. I feel like here in Utah, everyone and their dog is a photographer or, you know, so claimed photographer or uh, a lot of people are getting into video. I feel like, it, yeah. and it could, it could be partly because of the wedding industry is huge here. Um, Where are you at again? Utah, you said? Utah, uh -huh, central yeah. Utah. Um, All Parker's fault. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but like you go on Facebook marketplace here and, and there's a thousand cameras for sale. That's like, Oh, I'm doing wedding and, and then get upgrading and here's my old camera or whatever. But anyway, my point though is, um, in a, in a place that's maybe a little more saturated or you're, you're just getting out there, just getting started and you're doing free work. Cause I think who's going to say no to free if, if people you know, do, but <laughs> they, don't they don't have anything to lose. No. Well, I guess they could in some ways, but anyway, yeah, no, that's at what point, at what point do like, if, if you're offering free work and everyone just keeps saying, Oh, well you, I can't pay you, but I, this is good exposure or. Well, there's yeah, that difference. If you ever saw the video that I did, there's a big difference between, I believe good and bad free work. Bad free work is typically when people are coming to you and saying, Hey man, I'm going to hook you up. I got all these oh, yeah, people. Yeah. And I know all these things that to me is where, I mean, if you need to do something, you can do it, but you got to set your own expectation in your brain properly that that person's typically a taker. Like, I mean, people who know me, I mean, I definitely, I don't know that I say exposure at times with people who help me, there might be the potential of something happening. Um, and so some people do things for me for free, but I, if you talk to almost any of them, not looking at any right now, but I'm thinking, <laughs> thinking of some, but like, who's over there? <laughs> yeah. Who's over there? No, but I, I've had conversations with them. I mean, I always worry about that because I'm a person who doesn't want to take advantage of people and I'm most definitely a giver. So usually whether that's through coaching or connections or something, I always try, if I can't monetarily, you know, do something for somebody, I try to support them in other ways. So like one gal who's helping me honestly with the podcast right now, she's probably end up reading this, but you know, she's done things for me. I've done things for her, but like just this year, I think she's had like, 
$10,000 in projects that I sent her, um, you know, for, for photography jobs. And so I'm still paying her a little bit of something right now. It might not be what it could be or should be worth, but that's one element. There's been a couple of other things and I'm very giving. So even though right now in that situation, I'm not financially really taking care of her directly, indirectly, I try to do what I can. But I believe that I'm an exception and not the rule to that particular caveated thing. Most yeah. people who come to you are takers. So they're not givers. And so they're starting the relationship by taking from you and not really giving you anything. And none of us have the balls to say, okay, well, how about this? Because you have you know, 50 people you say you're going to send me. How about you just pay me? And every single person that you're going to be sending me, why don't you, you know, I'll give you money back. And then eventually maybe I'll even be paying you because <laughs> you've given me so much work. I mean, <laughs> if anybody wants to ever listen and take somebody up and, and do that, you know, I've never done that. But, you know, there's that kind of aspect, right? Like people do that. And I've just very rarely seen people take care of people. They get what they want out of you and they move on. The good free work that I've done or free to fee is that I'm reaching out to people who I'd like to work with or people like them I'd like to work with. And then by proxy as well, I'm creating the kind of work that I want to do. So somebody asked me this the other day. I'm like, they don't really get much control. You can kind of collaborate. But at the end of the day, you're going to make the exact kind of video you want to make. I always use the, especially with even the people helping me, like I said, for free. I always joke. I'm like, beggars can't be choosers. You know, again, probably an exception to the rule. Like, I, if I'm not paying you, I can't be like, get this done tomorrow. Do this right now. Do this. Because, I mean, it's like, where do I have the, like, people do this stuff to people all the time. Like, you're doing free work for somebody, and they're, like, barking orders like it's like they're paying you 50000 bucks. And so, yeah. keep that in mind that when you seek out the work, um, those are the best free projects. Because typically those people, they're grateful for the opportunity that you're going to, to do this for them. The people taking, I mean, some are grateful. Like I said, I'm not saying all are bad people who are using that line, like I'm going to hook you sure. up type of thing. Yeah. But I find that to be more rare than... There, there was a meme shared in the group that I think is hilarious. It's like, oh, good. My bills actually can be paid with uh, good exposure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, well, I mean, a friend, Ash, even posted that. She was, uh, you know, there was that thing of like, you know, my bills can't be paid, though. It was the opposite one. It's like, you know, it can't be paid off of, you know, uh, exposure and views and likes, you know. And I think yeah. you just got to think. Some people have actually very negative connotation towards free work because a couple things either one the way they approach it it takes them a long time well that can be not good free work like if it takes you three or four weeks to complete a project for somebody that you do for free and you're like wow i couldn't do anything else in that month well that's a double-edged sword and then the other one is it costs you a lot of money so if, if to do the free project it costs me a lot of money because i got to rent a bunch of stuff or i got to hire people that's another not so good thing. But a lot of us, especially in, in like full-time filmmaker group of people who are the way they're being taught and the kind of work they're creating, you're able to do sound, you're able to edit, you're able to shoot. So you should be able to come in and honestly, I mean, depending on the thing, not spend more than a couple days to do a project. You know, a lot of the events I used to do free, free things for, um, I'd be gone anywhere from one to three days shoot at the event like I'm telling you and outside of the little extra videos I might make that I told you about I do a video on site and the extra videos were my choice I didn't even have to do those but my promise when I reached out to the event to do the free work was one video and I'd show it at the end of their event so the thing is those one to three days that I'm gone shooting and then I edited when I left that event 
my obligation to them is done. It's not, oh, now I get back. I got to spend three weeks editing um, for free. Yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah. That's where people run out of time because they're doing these things that are really expansive. And you really want to use free as, as a teaser, as a taste, you know, um, as the appetizer. Like if you're a one-trick pony, that's going to be a problem. And you've heard me say that. But like if you only know how to do one singular type of video, you're going to come in, you're going to make it. And you're like, well, I can't do anything else for them. But that's where with us, we would use the sizzle or the music video as the appetizer, as the teaser. You get to see how, what it's like to work with us, the relationship, the, the are we going to do what we say we're going to do, get back to you. But now we can get interviews, we can do other things, and we can create a vision of the other types of projects and things that we could create. And now you That's take nice. that low risk for both of you video, and then you can create a vision for all the other things that could be possible. And sometimes it can be better to do free than even cheap, because now you're associated with cheap versus the free is valued at 2000 I just want to use this as a goodwill gesture to show you what it's like to do stuff with us. And then we can explore doing more. So, yeah, that's nice. Um, out of curiosity, how did you work your way up the ladder to get to, you know, the Pat Flay and the Tony Robbins and, yeah. And these guys. Um, I love it. I, I, I love that you're uh, firing away the question. I hope, hope this has been helpful for you today. No, <laughs> it has. <laughs> cool, man. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the thing was, again, this is where we've been talking about on this call. I guess one of the big themes of this is, is you know, the planting seeds and the process and time and staying in the game. You know, I did my first things in video in high school, started my company right out of high school, and then, you know, primarily shot weddings. I did a bunch of things, but primarily shot weddings from 2005 through 2014. In 2010 is when I filmed a free video for a, uh, a production company in the area that had a Halloween party. That free video is what I shared with Tim Ferriss. And I saw in his blog, it said, we're having, you know, the blog post was, we're having the launch party. It's in New York on this date. It's $10. I bought a ticket immediately, not knowing if I was going to go. And um, there was a comment in the, in the comments that said, you know, I guess we need a refund. It says 21 and older. We didn't know. How do we get a refund? And he, he commented, email Charlie at the fourhourbody.com and he'll get you taken care of. And I just, I don't know. His book, I think there was something in it and a couple things that just made me go, hmm. What do I have to lose? I mean, maybe I could send them this video. I did this party because it was the only thing that I thought was relevant. Uh, all I primarily had was weddings and some other random things. And I didn't think, well, I want to send them a wedding. So I happened to have that, that video that I did for that company, which I caveat in there turned into about $80,000 worth of work with that company over the course of a year and a half. Um, but then I sent that to them. I just thought, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'd love to do a free video. Um, for you guys, and I'm going to be there anyways, which is a little hack. Um, <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to be there, but what you'll find, I'll give you an analogy. If I come okay. in, uh, if I have you over to my house and you're sitting on the couch and I say, hey, Trayson, you know, uh, I would like to make you some cookies. You'd like me to make, me some, make, make some cookies? You know, I was going to fry up the oven and, and get those made. You might be like, ah, that's okay, man. Now I don't want you to go out of your way. Don't worry about it. I'm good. But if I walk out with a plate of cookies and say, would you like a cookie? you're probably like, yeah, I better eat a cookie. You know, you might take the cookie. So the problem is if I'm going to say, hey, I might be coming out to New York if you, you know, let me film this video for free. 
the psychology of people is like, well, I don't want this guy to go out of his way to come here and do a free project for us and all the things that go into that. But by me being like, I'm going to be there anyways, mm. all I'm really looking for is permission to film. I don't want to show up and be that guy with my camera and then be told not to be filming or whatever. So if you don't want it, just let me know. I'll see you anyways. So it's kind of like, yeah, in your aspect there, what do they really have to say no to per se? It's like, they're, and he did confirm back. He goes, it's going to be free, right? <laughs> now, yeah. here's the caveat to that. That thing itself, nothing overall ever happened from it. And what people, when they have articles, news magazines, you know, whatever the heck happens of promotional things that happen to them or something like this with the client, there's not always going to be that person or that thing doing anything. Some people are on big media outlets and nothing happens for them. What happens is on the back end with the leveraging of that in your marketing, in your branding, on your website, on social media, and you utilizing that. So I wanted to get some of these other events for free actually. And now I use Tim Ferriss. Here's a video I did for Tim Ferriss's launch party. The people I was reaching out to knew Tim Ferriss. I mean, I've talked at schools to fifth graders and they don't know who the heck Tony Robbins or Tim Ferriss or anybody is. If I mentioned Oprah, I know who Oprah is. But these yeah. other people I've worked with, they have no idea who that is. So that value is lost. And so, I mean, right now, in a lot of spaces, people like Tim and Tony are, are fairly well-known. Pat Flynn in the entrepreneurial space are well-known. But you can go to other sectors of people. They don't even know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, you know, or any of these people. And so we take that for granted. But when you do something for a higher up within, you know, within a sector, within a niche, you can start to leverage that because the, the, there's an auto trust built. Oh, well, if Tony allowed this guy to do something, they don't know if I did it for free or not, you know, and so that's how I started to open doors. And the, the first one was Tim. The next one was a year later. That was actually Tony. And I mean, wow. the irony was they were dealing with a guy who did Tim's actual book trailers and I guess they were having something, something was whatever about it. So when my email happened to creep its way through and said, I did something for Tim, they actually looked at it. They normally don't take solicitation. It snuck its way through a back door from an email I found and they had a conversation with us. And then we did the first video for Tony for free as well. Um, and a number of months passed that nothing happened. They said we were too much money. Projects didn't work out. It took about six months before we turned it into a, a really good, uh, job but you know wow. and then there was a lot of things i did in 2011 12 13 and 14 that then as i mentioned with like the one guy i didn't mention who it was or whatever but i didn't do work with people there was like lewis house is somebody that i met at 2011 at tim's uh, launch party i didn't do work with him we filmed his uh summit of greatness now we really didn't get paid or do any work till 2016, 2017. So again, that's wow. the longer I stayed in the game. I got known as the guy for events and conferences and workshops. And by proxy, then when some people met me five years prior, they weren't even doing things again that needed me, but they kept seeing me at these people's events, these people they trusted, you know, uh, people they looked up to. So when they needed that service, I was their guy. Um, that's awesome. And that's a, it's a, it's a powerful thing, but it takes time. It takes patience. It takes sticking with something. Um, you know, there'll be people right now who I'm pulling the same thing with coaching, right? Like there's going to be people now who might even do a call with me right now and they might not sign up for three years. So if I'm not coaching in three years, then that person who's now ready for what, you know, they need that now, 
well, I'm nowhere to be found. I'm off, you know, I'm now a realtor, <laughs> you know, or something. Uh, that's what happens to people is like, by the time certain things blossom, it's like you planted all these seeds in a field and you don't see anything. So you're like, I guess this isn't working. And you go over to another field, three states over and you plant some more stuff and you wait a month or something you're like, oh, I didn't, not much is happening, but you'd have forgot that the one back there, it rained, things were happening and these things are popping up, but you don't know because you never go back and look at that field again. And that's, yeah. I, I think we do that a lot is we're just, again, and it's fine if you're not finding that groove, but I think one powerful thing that people forget with business and marketing and growing is just simple longevity. I mean, Parker, if you look, he didn't go from zero to $250,000 a month in a month. It's been just consistently growing. Now it's starting to have a hockey stick, but it's still a process that takes time and people want everything to happen now. And it's like the longer you stay in that game, because there's more trust built, right? Do you trust Parker's course for three and a half years in and 7,000 people in it now? Or do you trust a guy who just started a course yesterday and you have no idea who he is and he's on the same topic? Right. I don't even know if that guy's going to be, I don't even know if he's going to support the course in three weeks. He might be like, oh, this is too hard. I can't make any money with it. Now I'm like trying to email him for my login and I can't get, get a hold of anybody. You know, but you've been there for three years and 7,000 people. It's kind of like for me, Tony Robbins trusted him. Tim Ferriss trusted him. Pat Flynn trusted him. So now the more I, I you know, snowball, kind of avalanche that effect, the easier it gets for me to open a door or make something happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. So That makes sense. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> that's an Man, awesome I'm an story. open book, buddy. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I think I had one more question. Um, at going back to websites. Uh, we kind of mentioned that earlier, bought a URL myself. Um, haven't thrown it together yet. Um, but uh, I guess like what's, what would you say to focus on with a website at this point for me? Or, or do you think it should be a, like a large focus or is it just kind of a side thing does like refer people to, but again, I think that the thing is, is if you're, I think, again, e-commerce type of businesses and online businesses where there's no personal, potentially personal connection that's ever going to happen. They need to really be strong in their, their, their copy, in their videos, in their photos, in the way the website's designed and the functionality and all those things. But um, <laughs> if you started following me around 2012 or 13, my social online web, everything, email marketing, any of it, presence was pretty much for all intents and purposes, null and void. Like it was non-existent. Um, and I had a website, but I wasn't regularly posting on social media. I wasn't sending out email newsletters. Like I wasn't updating my website. I updated it probably three or four or five times, at least from 2006 through 2011. And then pretty much never updated it overall again. I just recently tweaked some stuff out, but it's like, Logo, contact, a video, a little blurb, four videos, contact. That's it. That's all it's on. It's a literal simple one pager because my business still is today, if there's any video production happening, is all relational. So people are, I'm getting a text message from a buddy. Hey, I just want to connect you with Susie over here or a Facebook messenger and then, or just an email. And then I get contacted there. And then honestly, I'm sending some of these people who haven't seen my work, who's connecting me directly to a Vimeo link. I'm like, this is what they're saying. They need. I'll just send them an exact video of what. So rather than even a website where it's got to have all these things, honestly, there can be a time where you're more disadvantaged by having something not good than just not having it at all. Uh, but I think if you're going to have something, 
only you know, put your best work, keep it simple, make it easy to contact you, but focus on relationships. I, I have a buddy who just annihilates it. He, he's got the worst online presence of anybody. But again, when you start getting into higher dollar amounts, those people are less web-driven and more referral-driven. I trust, I trust Trayson. Trayson says I should go with such-and-such such photographer. No problem. That's who I'm going with. Like okay. as long as I end up liking them and whatever versus yeah. me going to Google and being like, who do I want to spend for $50,000 on my project? You know, let me see what Google has to say about that. Um, so, you know, it's not bad to have a nice, simple little website, but at the same I time, I think it can prevent much, someone like yourself and others and me at, at times where we, we end up in paralysis by analysis and our site isn't right. And it's been nine months and we haven't done anything but twiddle with our website. Um, or get different business cards from Vistaprint or something, you know, like, oh, I don't, I got 500 of these. I don't like them. Let me get 500 new ones now because I've changed my branding or my logo. Uh, okay. So just get out there. The best thing to build momentum is your business. And, you know, people again want all these other things because they can be easier per se, but just go do the work. Like if you just sure. start doing work with people and creating those relationships, like I said, you could not even have a website and be making more money than some people with the sexiest websites on planet earth you know, because they've, they're great at doing all the busy work of like, I can get a Squarespace and I can do this and I can do that. It all doesn't involve having to ever connect or even do the work because those things are the, getting an LLC, getting the business, getting all these things are all the things that people who can kind of quick start. I don't have to sell anybody. I don't have to talk to anybody. I can just, you know, go out in the backyard and film and make a video and then throw it up on a website and have the logo and design that and so just, just do the work. I mean, that'll be the biggest thing. And then as you grow, yeah. you can start to, to have some of that, but you still don't need anything super elaborate, I don't think. Yeah, I've heard a similar thing about like people, the people that will get business cards like right away when they come up with their idea and whatever, but it's like, nah, get the work out first. So I like that it kind of fits in that same path. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Awesome, man. Rock and roll. How are you feeling? <laughs> good. I've got some good notes here. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's Lots a lot. I'm a, I'm a fire hose at times, man, for sure. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I appreciate the time. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, if there's uh, if there's nothing else right now, I'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. There you have it. Another episode of Jumpstart Sessions. And I hope you enjoyed that episode. So if you yourself would like to be coached on a future episode of Jumpstart Sessions, just head on over to jumpstartsessions.net and click Get Coached on the Podcast. Again, as of the recording of this episode, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. I would really love to help you gain a greater level of clarity, confidence, and connection in your life and alignment in your business so that you can move faster and make things happen without so much resistance. So I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Have an amazing rest of your day and keep rocking and rolling. Take care. 